0: To Expounded Universe, Season 21, the wrap up episode. The book was Lando Calrissian and the Flame Wind of Ozeon by L. Neil Smith. Uh, We didn't read any chapters, and uh, it didn't come out in any particular year that I can remember. I don't know, it just seemed sort of like existed at one point. Uh, Jeff and John are hosting. Let's go! Hey all you people, welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Novel Discussion Podcast. It has been a minute, just because I got real sick. Yeah, you had a a bad laryngitis. Yeah, I kind of became patient zero for a whole... Non-COVID respiratory epidemic here in San Diego. Yeah, dude, it was a real, real sad time for when your job is talking yeah. to not be able to talk. And also, I thought I had gotten over it, but I had not. I just entered into like a lull period, and then the laryngitis <laughs> began. Ah, yes. Uh, and, and during that lull period, I went to a well-attended party, but don't worry, the only people in attendance were burners, <laughs> and I made out with all of them. <laughs> No, there were a couple I didn't shoot for. (laughs) There was a guy I was not about to make out with because he showed up way too drunk to do anything and spent most of his time in the hot tub naked, falling asleep, and then having to have his head brought back up so he wouldn't drown himself. Ooh, what a fun person. (laughs) He turned out to be really nice on the next morning. What a grand thing to do, to show up to a party too drunk to fuck and then pass (laughs) out in the hot tub. (laughs) And he kept passing out slowly face down towards the hot tub. Just (laughs) like, just in a way that you're like, I'm going to make this somebody's problem soon. (laughs) Hey, guys, want to see my one time impression of a drinky bird? (laughs) I call it one time because I can only do it once. (laughs) And it wasn't added to it. (laughs) But again, in the next the next morning after he passed out on a couch, really nice guy. Wonderful fella. Mm hmm. Had a, had a great conversation with him the next morning. He had no recollection of anything. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, I'm Jeff. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. Uh, I mean, I'm not as good as I probably could be, as I did find out that the window for tropical Twinkies closed on me. Have you checked eBay and Amazon yet? Oh, I'm sure if I wanted to pay like 30 bucks, I could get some fucking tropical cream uh, Twinkies. Do you not want to pay 30 bucks? <sighs> No. (laughs) (laughs) Will you shell out any amount of money for a stupid thing? Yes. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Uh, I'm God's gift to capitalism, willing to buy whatever dumb shit you put out. This is why I have to stay off of uh, like gotcha type video games. Uh, Because I'm a big old video game whale and why you can't go on the hostess official website. (laughs) It's true. If I go (laughs) on the official website for any food or drink people and they're like, look at this dumb horse shit we made. I'm like, ooh, gimme. (laughs) full english breakfast flavored diet pepsi i gotta know (laughs) i would i would need to know the problem with that of course is that now anytime they make a fun flavor they just mail it to influencers who ignore them oh yeah like there's just these fucking people at pepsi and coke are so desperate for these like lunatics with thirty thousand followers that just post pictures of bali-based hamburgers to be like yes i'm it's super tight that i have cotton candy flavored sprite ooh everyone try this Instead of sending it to us, the people who would actually review it. I mean, the big problem with it is, I mean, yes, obviously it's getting the brand name out there. Yeah. Great. But the the main issue I have with that shit is I'm just like, <sighs> it doesn't even matter. Because if you send it out, influencers say like, oh, man, this is the best thing Pepsi's ever put out. It's delicious. You can't have it. <laughs> yeah. Like, What is the point of this then? I'm sorry. I know we've harped on this before on other and different shows. But Jesus Christ, I'll never not harp on it. How do we not, how do we become influencers? This is our quest. This is our new vision quest between you and I. It's our, it's our personal goal in life. I mean, we'd probably need to have Instagram. Sure. We'll move our show to Instagram. We will do every one of the steps necessary in order to get Pepsi and Coke to mail us their dumbest shit. (laughs) All I want is to be on the horse shit mailing list for every food and drink company when they're like, Hey, everybody, we decided to make frosted fruit loop balls made out of pumpkins and you're like cool dude do it do it send them to us and we'll review them meanly but you know keep doing it though <clears throat> so uh so anyway star wars huh yeah we watch uh well we not we watch, watch anything uh, look i don't watch a goddamn thing that has to do with star wars i, I mean, hear andor's good Fuck them, I'll never watch. It is very good, although I am now letting it build up, and I'll just watch it all at the end. Ooh, I Um, like to let it build up a little. Yeah, I I had been a weekly watcher on Andor, and I'm not saying that because I think it's like low quality or I think it's a phenomenally well-made show. I'm just not in the mindset to watch something quite that dark and gritty and grim and adult. I'm normally the person who, when everyone's like, the new Batman's going to be blacker than ever, I'm like, oh, fuck. You're not going to be able to see anything (laughs) happening on screen. (laughs) I'm, I'm that guy who was always like, oh, fuck. I was kind of hoping they'd draw on cartoon eyebrows and have him dance. I like my comic books to be a little more comic booky. Yeah. Um. So. So. Yeah. That. That Endor show. It's just. It's just kind of grim for me at yeah, the moment. Uh, I but I, I'm going to watch it all at the end. I get that. I understand. Uh. But I don't want uh to ever have the possibility of my opinion of Star Wars being absolute trash garbage for idiots to ever be swayed. So I will not be watching it. <laughs> Hey, there's also that new show they just put out. That's like a series of short cartoons where they manage to turn uh, they have a uh, Count Dooku as a young man. Ooh, Ooh he's sexy as the fuck. young Dooku. Yeah, they got that that young Christopher Lee energy. It's great. Ah. I've been meaning to tell Claire because he looks like that fucking that. What's that guy that she's super into on that arcane show? Yeah, you know that guy, Silco or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that that looks they. It's like a Jedi version of that. <laughs> so you know, get on it if you're into that. If if Silco was your jam, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spread it on this piece of toast. Mm-hmm. This I got a piece of toast right here for you. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we re, uh, we reviewed that Flame Wind of Ozion. Yeah, that, we, that read, book. we read we read Flame Wind of Ozion, the middle child of the Lando Calrissian trilogy of stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, it's a trilogy. <laughs> it's a, it's a thrills and spills and chills It's a trilogy. <laughs> I. uh... Now, I mean, the first question I'm going to ask you yeah. on this wrap, yeah. yeah, better or worse than our previous book? Uh, I'm going to say the middle book in this series is not the; it's the low point of this. Which is rare for Star Wars. Usually the middle episode of a, of a trilogy is the best in Star Wars. So you're you're putting Mind Harp above the Flame wing. Yeah, and even based on nothing but dim memories, I'm also uh, ranking this one below Star Cave of Thonboka. Well, I mean, obviously, when we get to the wrap up of that, I will ask you the full yeah. ranking that, question. And, and that's very fair. But yeah, I I, uh, I think I enjoyed the trippy exploration angle of, of uh, Mind Harp a little more. <laughs> You liked the- it when incense and peppermints was playing in your mind while you. Yeah, it's more fun. It was more fun. All those like uh, Alice in Wonderland references and so on compared to this, which is basically like making fun of Big Bird and Fruit Loops and doing a cop thing, <laughs> which is not. It wasn't bad. It's still fun and stupid, which is exactly what I want from my Star Wars. I mean, I will say this: the biggest saving grace of Flame Wind of Ocean over Mind Harp of Shrew is we get. Way more of that good, good Roker Gepta. Oh, that's true. There's a lot more Roker Gepta. Uh, well, I mean, the first one out mostly focused on Roker just monologuing in his like lounge chair or whatever. And here he's actually out and around doing stuff, getting busy, pretending to be giant rich guys. Yeah, I mean, in the first book, we got no Gepta. Minimal he Gepta. He showed up was like, I'm a wizard, and mm-hmm. then didn't show up again until the end of the book to go, oh, God damn it! <laughs> I love how we established he's a wizard in the first one, and then by midpoint of the second one, it's like, ah, it's just technology. He's just using tricks. He's just tricksy. <laughs> I still believe. I still think he counts as a real wizard. Hey. Hey. Uh, sufficiently advanced technology and all that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Also, the three laws of robotics definitely apply to Star Wars. Oh, obviously. Yeah, no, no further, although, rant, the, the worst thing you can do in Star Wars is shine a spotlight on droids. Of course. If you ever are like, hey, wait a minute, aren't droids slaves? Then it's like, oh, shouldn't have, shouldn't have asked. Well, it doesn't it, matter because you're like, aren't droids slaves? And you're like, yes, and so are many other species in yeah. Star Wars. Slave, it's just a thing in Star Wars. It's fine. Everyone loves it. We just decided, fuck it. For some reason in this galaxy, people are super into keeping slaves. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. You're right. That it's a bigger can of worms than merely the uh the droid question. Yeah, I mean, the the real droid can of worms is when you get into like, oh, do they have like real sentience or are they just programmed to imitate being able to have that? And like Or are you just programmed to imitate that? Ooh, I man. am man programmed to imitate having sentience. <laughs> Oh, I'm uh I'm programmed to imitate George Burns. Badly, though. Really badly. Real bad. Terrible programming job. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> I can basically uh hold a cigar in a fun way. That's all. That's my full the extent of my programming and being. Aw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so anyway, uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it was as good as Harp. That's my personal opinion, but you're right about the Gepta thing. I would say I mean, I have I'm on the fence because I feel like the flame wind felt like it had more interesting, like character moments, whereas I think Mind Harp had a way better setting because the flame wind itself is just like, oh, it's there's a lot of colors in the sky. And you're like, OK, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind the concept of the Ozeon in general, just like rich people, asteroid paradise. That's kind of neat. Yeah, no, it's just like, what is this? It's the gated asteroid community, and yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But Space Malibu, it's, it's, it's a great idea. Yeah, but in general, I was like, oh, this isn't as interesting of a setting, because Mindharp really went, hey, man, we're doing shit that is fucking kooky. Yeah. And that you do not see in other Star Wars stuff, whereas Flamewind's setting was much more baseline Star Wars. Like, this is yeah. the kind of shit you would see in any expanded universe. Yeah, and basically this one is less of a solving a puzzle and uncovering an ancient secret or whatever. Like, there's a twist, obviously. There's that point where Roker Gepta's like, hey, it's my fault you couldn't sell fishing poles. Which is, you know, that's kind of a neat twist a little bit, but mostly it's just like, "I okay, I guess you're a douche. That's your That's the full extent of your your big reveal? I've been an asshole all along. Yeah, I forced you to pay extra taxes. Like, really? oh uh, like White blue deck? This isn't cool, man. Don't play stacks on me. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Too much magic recently. It's true. But yeah, I. Uh, so for me, I don't know. I might put Mind Harp above Flame Wind, but I do like the character work in Flame Wind a yeah, lot more. sure. I, I feel like when I was reading through my like, I was like, I don't, I don't really like Lando. He's kind of a dickbag. <laughs> that is true. He's improving, though, isn't he? Yes, he's getting slightly better. And I do like that he's like, ooh, the more accoutrement I get from when you meet me, the better I am. Like, as soon as I grow a mustache, I'm slightly better. Yeah, I'm sure by the third one, he'll be like, I'm into capes now. Capes are my fucking shit. And now I'm a cool guy. I'm a cool like, guy. Oh, man. <laughs> One can only hope that he becomes a cape dude. By the, I think we already have a couple mentions of capes having been made, so he might have come full out of the package, fully assembled with cape. So I'm not really sure what else there is. Demented lust for robots, mining operations, yeah, yeah, owning mining <laughs> operations, uh, betraying people to the empire, one of any of those, you know, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I I don't really know which one I like more. I feel like I I like Mindharp's story more, but you're right about the characters. You don't have as many. You get Mose, and Lord knows I loved Mose. Lord knows I love Mose. Mose is so confusing of a char- as a character. He's just great. I just feel like the almost, <laughs> almost everything with the first book Mind Harp. I was like, I feel like I'm. There's a lot wasted here. That you've got all these like little bits that you could get into, all but you bits. don't. You're. It's much more concerned with the setting than it is the characters. So. There you go. Yeah. That's what I'll say. That's fair. Uh, And, you know, we still have one more to go through, so I'm excited about that. We we can finally wrap up which is the best of the trilogy. But what did you think overall? Like, uh, the one thing I would say generally, my feelings about this novella, it's very quick to kill characters off. And so you never really get to know any of them. Oh, yeah. I'm honestly kind of interested to see if... uh, like our one rogue captain will stay around oh clint shanga yeah if shanga sticks around for the third book or if they're like anyway beginning of this book we dropped that guy off somewhere bye yeah not a chance we're never seeing him again he we're not gonna ever hear from lob Deluff again it's pretty much there are four guarantees in one of these lando books you get lando you get vuffy you get the falcon you get roker gepta Eh, all right and that is that is all you're guaranteed (laughs) Although in this one, at least in this one, they did mention the, the Rafa system a couple of times. Bohua was wearing a giant life crystal before he turned out to just be a like a, a premium skin for Roker Gepta. Yeah. He paid $20 for that fat guy skin. <laughs> <laughs> and He'll be goddamned if he doesn't use it to play Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Now he's all pissed off. That's why he's so mad about Lando. Lando's the person who invented the battle pass. Ah. <laughs> but... But yeah, uh, yeah I, I like the purity of that, that each one of these starts over. We got that with that Brian Daly Han Solo series as well, where uh, where you're guaranteed Han, Chewie, the Falcon, and maybe Galandro the Gunman if he's feeling it. Oh. And that's it. No one else is guaranteed to show up. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I am at least, unlike most of the times when we end this, slightly looking forward to the next book just to see what happens. (laughs) Whereas every other time I'm like, well, here's (laughs) more horse shit in the mines. Well, I can guarantee you a star cave. Oh, good. And probably a Thonboka, although I don't really know what that is. Don't remember what that part. I remember there's a star cave, and I even remember kind of the context in which there is a star cave. Obviously, I will not go into it. Obviously. What am I going to ruin the surprise? Never, never i am I am too much of a gentleman for such an activity, <laughs> truly, yeah, but uh you know, overall, how are these stacking up this trilogy towards what the rest of the stuff we've read i I mean, I think I mentioned it before uh the last wrap up, and I think I've put it with the uh the wrap up we did for the Han Solo stuff, where I'm like, God, I love before they had established rules for the expanded universe shit, yeah, because being able to just go, I make up whatever I want. Star Wars is full of weird bullshit. I can go to any system and just go, yeah, this system has the most complicated bullshit story ever, and it doesn't matter because I don't think, think it matters if we never come back here. There's a thing that you get in some Star Wars books and not in others, and it's especially common in the really early ones, which I'm not sure how I feel about it, which is when the characters don't seem to want to know anything about alien species besides humans, and so they just describe them as, like, ugly lumps. So every time Lando meets an alien, he's like, oh, there's a fucking nasty fish guy with tentacle face, gross, garbage, purple, scaly asshole, and I hate it. I instantly hate it. And I never am going to tell you what species it is. I mean, that is one of the things on here, is because it is pre-rules for the universe, Yeah, they were just like, oh, what happens? I see an alien. It is an alien. Yeah, And they are of the opinion that, like, Look, there's thousands of aliens. Knowing the name of all of them would be very difficult. So that one is some fish guy. Yeah. Whatever. Well, The problem I run into with that is that doing it that way, you know, it's neat. It sets up that, yeah, you don't know whatever aliens be. It's a big cosmopolitan universe. The problem is that in these books so far, every alien we've met has been a dumb chump asshole. Every single one. Well, the nice it, thing about that... Unless is they look like humans. It's balanced out by the fact that every human is a dumb chump <laughs> asshole. But it's like, it's the aliens always get it worse than everyone else. Notably, at every Sabak table we've been at, there's always like three humans and some alien that everyone has already nicknamed Face." <laughs> Who's like, oh, I would also like a card. Shut up, Dumpface. face. Okay. Yeah, but that's really going off of the main Star Wars continuity of naming every single alien we see in the original Star Wars something like Dumpface. <laughs> you think this guy had the the guy that told him there was like yak face and penis head and shit like that all yeah. over Star Wars? He's like, oh, what were the uh, normal aliens? They're like, I don't know. We had devil guy, wolf man. What mouth? <laughs> fart head. <laughs> Dumb face. All right, well, that's good. Shit water. There's just you know they're they all suck. <laughs> I just think it's it, it the problem with it is it tends to portray, if not specifically Lando, but at least Lando and everyone else at every back table is like just casually racist because every time we do a Saaba game, there's like some alien there, and he's like, I don't know what that fucking thing is. It looks like a pile of leaves and it smells like shit. And if it ever talks, i will be like, shut the fuck up alien. You're lucky I haven't juiced you. <laughs> so angry. Uh, it's just a little bit. It's it, it's it's just a twinge of weirdness, partially because while I fully agree with you that it's neat to read these early ones when they didn't have all the rules yet, I like knowing shit about these cool alien species. Oh, I love not knowing a goddamn thing. <laughs> I vastly prefer them being like, hey, there's a guy over there. He kind of looks like a lizard, but also an elk. And you're like, awesome. Any other info? Not a lick of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to find out that that thing's like a Ruralian, and it's neat. You know, that's the kind of shit I like, that it comes from, like, Lizard Elk Planet, where everything's a Lizard Elk. Yeah, but I'm not the type of guy who gets lost on Wikipedia, <laughs> so, you know, it's the difference between You would us. if they sold snack cakes. Yes! I would if <laughs> Wikipedia was hostess I would get lost there. <laughs> I would get deep in the cream if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do and I do get lost on Wikipedia. I have a, a, a back when I had an a, office jobs I had a game I would play to pass the time which was how many random article buttons until it's about soccer? Oh nice. Was, was my Wikipedia game and it works really well. It's usually at least back then it was almost always within 6. Ah. Six random articles would get you a soccer player, a soccer game, a soccer team, or a soccer field. Ah. Guaranteed. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I don't hate it. I, and like I said, these are some of my favorite Star Wars books that ever were. So obviously I'm very forgiving of this this issue. I just find it interesting. And you sometimes see it in newer books. We got that when uh, when Leia was rampaging in Crystal Star, when she was rampaging around. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe Luke and and Han knew that they were talking to, like, ghostlings and Zephlethls, but Leia was always like, I don't know what this is. It's like an aquarium tank full of meat and parts, and I hate it. Oh, really? I'm an ambassador. (laughs) The ambassador to alien uh, cultures doesn't know what things are? Ew, no. I want to stay on my fancy ship and make Chewbacca cook things. (laughs) Uh, Chewbacca was forced to be my butler. (laughs) How mad do you think Chewbacca is when he, when it turns out the life debt just applies to Han's wife, too? Uh, He's got a fucking wife and kid at home. <laughs> when the, Han's like, I'm getting married. Also, you got to follow my wife around and take care of our kids and shit. And L- Wookie, or Chewie's like, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, all right. I just, let me just mark that on my calendar. You know, my kid's going to live a long time. How long do you people live? <laughs> Not, Not nearly long. as long. But also, you're going to have to look after my kid's kids. That's the rules. Now. <laughs> that- They'll all be dead. <laughs> the moment Han dies, Chewbacca's just going to quietly kill everybody in his family. <laughs> just just very kindly and quietly pillow over the face in the mm-hmm. night. Just <laughs> sh- 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 just on the phone with Malettobuck like, "Yeah, no, I'll be home in like half an hour." <laughs> just it puts all like- of Han's kids into a burlap sack Ties it off, throws it in the river, and is like, ah, excellent. <laughs> Life dead accomplished. Now, back to Kashyyyk. Uh, the other thing, of course, that I have mentioned about these that I enjoy is the absolute lack of the Force. Where even our wizard is like, nope, nothing to do with the Force. Yeah, I like that we he, he briefly mentions it, at least. Because when the, in the uh, Han Solo books... They don't even mention Jedi. There's never a single mention of Jedi or the Jedi Force tradition. But here, at least, Roker's like, yes, the Force users think I'm one of them, but I'm something different and darker. You know, that kind of shit. So at least he's, like, aware of them. We we, we get a little bit of reference, but not a lightsaber to be found. No, lightsabers, nobody using the Force. You don't have to worry about Jedi and Sith. Mm. It's just... Some little asshole flying around doing his best to not be part of the story. Yeah, they practically replace all of the Jedi Sith bullshit with just capitalism as the the driving evil force of the galaxy in these Lando books. Uh, The rich get richer, and Lando will eventually be rich. And Lando will. (laughs) So yeah, they're fun. I like these, and I'm really looking forward to doing the third one. Yeah. Would you like me to read the uh, the back of the bo- book description? Sure, might as well. All right, we'll get into that, and then we'll do the questions and answers after some discussion. All right, here we go. Lando Calrissian in the Star Cave of Thonboka mm. for a year. Lando Calrissian and Vuffy Raw, his five armed robot, astrogator, Gator. I, I know that means that he like pl- plots like hyperspace routes, but I like to think of him as like an astro alligator. Yeah you know a celestial gator yeah the 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 uh, astrogator of course is the nemesis of rocket crocodile crocodile <laughs> <And> <laughs> if you will uh five-armed robot astrogator have roamed space in the millennium falcon on the lookout for opportunities to turn an easy but not too dishonest credit but then lando wait but then lando had gone out on a limb to help a race of persecuted aliens and now he and Buffy were up against several sets of their own enemies, including the evil Roker Gepta. Woo! the Sorcerer of Tund. Woo! So that's cool. That's cool. Uh, Lando decided to help some people and it's biting him in the ass. Yeah, and that's why he was like, never again. Never again. From now on, I only look out for number one and number two Lobot. Yeah. You think Lobot's his way of his rebound from Buffy? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. He's like, Buffy, Buffy has to move on, do other things, see the galaxy find a higher purpose and he's like ah god i really miss having a droid and then he goes through the rogue one storyline where he loses his ship and and uh briefly falls in love with and dates l3 yeah because he's like ah i did i finally found a replacement a new droid to fill that hole in my heart that droid shaped hole in my heart and he falls in love with l3 for a while she dies he loses the ship that has her brain in it and then he's like i can't date robots anymore it's not working out they keep getting like turned into my ship and stuff it's just it's not, it's, not, it's not a good long-term solution. And then Lobot walks into the bar. <laughs> With legs that go all the way to the midsection. Oh, yeah. And he da-na-na, starts playing. And he's like, oh, god damn. heart's popping up around Lobot. Time slows down. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> he's just a little robot. He's just a little guy, and it's his birthday. <laughs> well, it's about to be. <laughs> just walking up, you don't know this yet, but it's your birthday. <laughs> oh, what well, do you know? It is my birthday. <laughs> Calculating. Correct. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's uh, that's what's coming up. There's That's pretty vague. Yeah. All that lets us know is that he helped a race of people to his own detriment, and Roker kept us back. Well, hopefully... It was the race of people that uh, Shanga was from. Nope. Well, darn. I mean, I know it's been a year, so it's like, yeah, probably probably if he was going to help them, he would have done that previously, then a full year later from the previous book i even remember the name of the species i'm not going to say it here because i don't want people to go look it up which the they, venus the thing is if they want to know they could just look up the the story of the third book yeah and, i mean if you want to just get the cliff notes of star cave of Thonboka. yeah i can't stop you but I'm, but, but for the people who are appreciate spoiler free uh previews i'm not going to say the name of the species he helps uh, anyway you want to get some q a in might as well all right uh i haven't looked it up yet so i'm gonna let you answer the first question while i get my computer settled well, I mean, the the first one really tying into what we were just talking about is, of course, does Lando fuck? And I think we can both agree, Lando does not fuck. <laughs> Lando has sex. No, Lando does not. Lando hangs out with a droid. They don't fuck. They commune. <laughs> Here's the thing. We've at least read one book so far, uh, the, the one set really far in the future, uh, where Lando is married. Yes. Like his his wife doesn't appear in the book because she lives off in her own place somewhere. But we've done I think at least two now where he's mentioned either being married or stuff about having been married in the past. Well, we've also had a book where he mentions his kid. Yes, and and we know here's the thing about Lando's marriage. It's arranged. He like meets her online. That it, it, he has like the 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 yes, J-Day but as story. as in every single piece of fiction, the arranged marriage is ah, oh, but I love her anyway. Yeah, actually, I, I, I'm pretty sure they do come to really appreciate each other, but their their uh, marriage was arranged by the two of them for, like, financial and political reasons. Yes, but like I said, yeah. every time you get that, and they're like, ah, oh, but we do love each other. Yeah, I'm sure that's come to pass. I'm just saying, we know that Lando eventually settles down with, with, uh, with a woman and has children. And, and that has nothing to do with whether or not Lando fucks. Yeah, I know, I know, we're using that James D'Amato of television and screen or whatever version no, of fucks. this isn't... Does Lando have sexual intercourse? Yes, Lando has and has and will have sex. But does Lando fuck? I just think uh, the reason I think this is interesting to talk about is cuz in these 3 books they never even hint at a love interest for Lando. No, there's there is no sexuality to Lando at all in these books. And that's yeah. why I'm like No, 100% Lando does not fuck. He does not care. It is a weird omission, right? Because it's fucking Billy D. Williams. He's like the hottest thing in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. He is like fucking Mr. Cole 45. He is always smooth. He is pure sex. He is absolute velvet. And yet in these books, he is completely sexless. Yeah, because like we noticed when we, we did only one of the three Brian Daly Han Solo books, but uh, even in that one, they, like, set him up with a sort of love him and leave him type relationship with, like, the daughter of a mechanic he used th- that used to work for him. Yeah, we get a lot of previous relationships. Yeah. Han will also have things where he'll be like, ooh, that lady's fine. Yeah. But <laughs> Lando is just like, I walk into a room and I see a pretty lady. I hope she has money to gamble with. Like, <laughs> yeah. it does not matter to him at all. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it's like he's just really good at compartmentalizing his life. In fact, it's neat because that makes sense going forward. They didn't give Lando a love interest, really, until that whole arranged marriage thing. Yeah, no, nothing like if this had been, I feel, a more recent book, then I feel like they would have been like, ooh, he's got a maybe we're going to do it thing with Bassi Voba or something. Yeah, because you have to have that tension. But instead, he's just like, no, I do not care. I've never cared. And the only person who is even remotely emotionally close to me is Wuffy Raw. And we are very platonic friends. (laughs) They are the best of friends. They could never. (laughs) They would never. Oh, not absolutely not. They they, they, uh, could never violate the master. Don't call me master relationship. Indeed. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. No, Lando does not fuck because that is. So weirdly not his character here. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think it's neat that we have a character in the star of the original Star Wars group who they don't even bother trying to foist a love interest onto. Oh, especially when we're coming off of some of those books where it was like, ah, oh, yeah, that fucking detective on Coruscant who's always like... And then a lady walked in and I was like, look at them titties. Yeah, and she was like, are you looking at them titties? Because I'm looking at those titties over there. Because they're nice. <laughs> so, So, yeah, it is kind of nice. Yeah, so... There you go. There's the answer. There's the answer. Did you have the questions? Nah, on? Just keep going. It's easier. All right. If Big Bird was sh- has shown up in Star Wars, what would it be like if Ewoks were replaced by Elmo's? <laughs> <laughs> it would be more annoying. Yeah, I think it would definitely be just a tiny bit more annoying. I mean, it's not like Big Bird is completely out of left field. You got to remember that that Yoda is partially a Henson creation and was voiced by Frank Oz, who, who has done a number of characters that have interacted with Big Bird on a number of occasions. Indeed. So, it, it wouldn't be... out. I would be perfectly fine if the if the uh, Ewoks had just been more Henson creations. Imagine if they were all Rolfs. Hey, See, now, if it was an, doing? an entire society of Rolfs, yes. I would have been, like, tight. Tight, <laughs> tight, tight. Taking tight. out all these stormtroopers with piano-based technology. <laughs> uh, but with Elmo's, I'd be like... Oh, man, this is terrible. Unless they went, oh, no, we replaced the Ewoks with Elmos in that they look like Elmos. They're still Ewoks. And then watching (laughs) Elmo be like, Elmo, create death machine. (laughs) Elmo, destroy so many (laughs) stormtroopers. That'd be perfectly fine. Would love it. Elmo, mourn dead. (laughs) Elmo, (laughs) eat you. Put skull up. (laughs) I'm just thinking about that part where one of the Ewoks gets like, Squished by a passing ATST, and another Ewok walks up and is like crying over yeah. his body, and it's just two Elmos. That is not that is not what I want out of the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if it was two Rolf's, that'd be a poignant and powerful moment. Oh, that tears! Polish the Oscars because all of them were going to Planet of the Rolf's. <laughs> Hello, Henson Company. <laughs> I've just got a powerful urge to worship that golden robot. He looks real good. He's delightful. <laughs> just come on. That'd be great. <laughs> and then instead of Yub Nub is the last song, we get Rainbow Connection. <laughs> just out of nowhere, fucking Kermit walks in and is like, hello. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. It just brings out, who is that, Paul Williams, who wrote that song in the first place or whatever his name is. And she's like, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Williams. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i mean i hope it's paul williams i don't remember i am hedging my bets on this one ladies and gentlemen john williams it was probably john i mean john williams did work on star wars that make even more sense right <laughs> after all the actual muppet star wars that's come and gone you know like the pigs in space and the time that like luke and, and uh, 3po were the guests of honor on muppet show yeah oh that was so good too little piggy stalking around in the background getting mad at anybody who gets between her and mark hamill (laughs) hey man i get it i understand i get it piggy i look you and me eye to eye (laughs) we understand right there with (laughs) you uh i like that there is a question here that is just cookie and i assume i assume that means like cookie monster maybe uh, I, I maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe C is for maybe cookies? someone's just offering us cookies. Cookie? I, I, I've I've had a cookie today already. Thank you. I, my my uh, my girlfriend bakes. We we got entirely. We had M and M's as our, our trick or treat giveaway at the house in in a dead zone where no kids ever go. So we made some chocolate chip cookies, so substituting M and M's today, and just to use them. Yeah. So I've had a couple of cookies today. Thank you very much. A couple of cookies. Mm-hmm. Good. So the answer to cookie question mark question mark is Yes, 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 Yes thank you. And I was right, it was Paul Williams. I feel better now. Good, I'm glad. I was close. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Elton John! (laughs) That would also be an amazing way to end Return of the Jedi. Right? (laughs) Just, Elton John comes flying in in a hover piano and starts (laughs) doing, like, crocodile rock. He doesn't even do that. He flies in in a hover piano, he stands up and he goes, Ladies and gentlemen, Rolf dressed as me. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Big glasses on Rolf. And then he does Crocodile Rock. No, man. I want to see Elton John cover Yub Nub. That's what I need. What? And it's what that movie needed. In summation to your, uh, to your uh, question, which was, uh, what if all the Ewoks were Elmo's? It would be amazing if Elton John sang <laughs> Crocodile Rock at the end of Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Uh, and I think that answers the question. That, that could No more concise answer was available. Uh, so if Vuffy Raw showed up in the new Disney Star Wars stuff, who would be a good voice actor for them? Oh, oh! I mean, David Hyde, David Pierce. Hyde Pierce. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's a hundred percent correct. It's obvious. It's, it's and it's, clear. Yeah, like uh, there was no doubt in either of our minds that was not premeditated. <laughs> yeah, clearly we need, what we need is David Hyde Pierce to voice Vuffy Raw. Yeah, and then you get Kelsey Grammer as some imperial guy, and then they just go around together. <laughs> Why would he voluntarily hang, hang out the with the empire? the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> No, 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 no. Buffy Ross shows up again, right about the point where, where we're ready to do the whole Thrawn storyline and Kelsey Grammer is Talon Card. <laughs> <laughs> or Booster Tarek. I could take either one. Or Booster Gold. He, he could be Booster Gold. Kelsey Grammer is Booster Gold. With In Elton John on vocals. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't let the sun. <laughs> I won't, thank you. I'm Rolf. Oh, I, as you. I'm still here. <laughs> Wow. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to come up with more answers for this, but god, it's just it is David Hyde Pierce. It it is 100% the correct answer. The only other person I would even entertain is William Jackson Harper. Ooh, I don't know who that is off name. Uh Cheedy from uh the Ghost. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, I would also be uh, perfectly fine with that. Uh but beyond that, it's David Hyde Pierce for me end of days. Ride or die. <laughs> Get him in Star Wars. Lol. Uh yeah, all right, sure. What else? We got anything else? Uh oh, we got I mean, we definitely have plenty more questions. Okay. So uh the guy that owns all intellectual property, IP man. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Has asked you to start a series of expanded universe novels for the sci-fi movie property of your choice. What property do you choose? And what semi-obscure character do you hire L. Neil Smith to write a trilogy? <laughs> on? All right, so it's got to be a sci-fi... A sci-fi property that gets expanded universe novels. Titan AE. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Pick a better one. Boo. Pick a- Here's the problem. <laughs> Any one you're about to say, is it's because it's, it's already a good property, and it's already got its own whole fucking thing. Hot. Titan AE has nothing. It is pure fertile ground. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> So plus, I I already know all the characters, which is why I am proposing an L. Neil Smith uh, murder mystery trilogy starring Goon, that little scientist guy who looked like a turtle. Wow. <laughs> hey, wow. But John Leg was almost still available to do the voice. Obviously, obviously, I, I, it's just it's perfect. I I don't know that you could come up with better. <laughs> Keep in mind that Titan A has already given us Nathan Lane as a fearsome villain. Hmm. It's just. It's a good set of uh, of stuff. It's a world that never got explored enough. I would I would love it. That's my answer. More Titan A E. But Disney is Disney owns it. They could totally do it. They could. Yeah. And here's the thing. Yeah. I'm gonna do some expanded universe novels on Event Horizon. <laughs> I, I had strongly considered that in the first place as well. Event Horizon. The problem with me for Event Horizon is expanded universe for Event Horizon is pretty much just forty K. I mean, You're yes. like, oh, there's demons in the warp. What else? I don't know, fungus orcs. Done. <laughs> uh oh, uh unfortunately there's also weird, ravenous bug aliens. Yeah, also the xenomorphs are here. It's fine. Oops. <laughs> Oops, all xenomorphs. <laughs> Oops, all sci fi tropes. <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong. I love Event Horizon. Although, what I would like for Event Horizon, if I were to write a single additional storyline in it, is for Hell to invent a spaceship and then have it get lost in Earth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they just get <laughs> real scared seeing humans. Are like, what the fuck is that thing? Exactly. So, so basically, the, then a whole group of like Hell aliens. It's basically just the reverse of the uh, of Event Horizon. Uh, a bunch of Hell, Hell aliens have to find their spaceship in Hell that briefly went to Earth. And they got all fucked up when they were there because, like, I don't know, priests found it or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just showed up and they're like, we found this place called a Starbucks and there was one everywhere, everywhere you turned. Liberate tuteme, ex paradiso. <laughs> Uh, or how about just a sequel to Event Horizon where the uh, the ship, instead of uh, portaling through hell, portals through heaven. Yeah. And it's every bit as fucking weird and creepy and fucked up. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, Rocco. Where we're going, you don't need eyes to see, but your body is like 60% <laughs> eyes anyway. <laughs> you will turn into three different wheels. <laughs> Guys, I've never seen so many human feet attached to a single chair. Huh? Uh, There you go. Yeah, so there you go. There's my Titan A is my real answer, though. I don't care if you think it's stupid. It's my favorite dumb movie. That's fine. Yeah. That's... A-okay. Fine. Everything else already has a full trilogy and shit. Like, if I were to say Mass Effect, you already know there's a bunch of shit for it. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it can be any sci-fi property at all. Oh, that's fair. I guess so- you could do some, like... Like uh, just uh, oh, actually, stuff. it's a like, sci-fi fucking... movie property of yeah. your choice. So really, <laughs> so we sh- were correct in our two choices. That's right. Although that doesn't necessarily imply like space and stuff. Like you could have said Minority Report and been fine. True. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Gonna... I mean, I would love a, a a book that explores everything outside of it because the Minority Report thing only existed in the DC area, which means there's an entire can of worms that's like okay, they can predict a murder that I do in D.C., which means there are all these people that want to do murders in D.C. that have to drive outside the city limits, do a murder, and then come back in. (laughs) I didn't know that. I thought it was just like, they were just the D.C. department of a global minority report department or whatever. Yeah, this was the minority report thing in there, I believe is like a test run for, do we want to torture Uh, a bunch of people and make them psychics in order to do this globally? And so you have to assume that, you know obviously the the end result of minority report is no we do not want to do this this is a bad idea i kind of i kind of want to make a movie night playlist out of minority report and the shining and a few other things and just call it the named after a thing that was largely removed from the movie the movie <laughs> where cuz you know the shining is not a major it, it's part of the shine of the movie the shining it's just not as important as it was in the book no <clears throat> and similarly minority report is the name of like when one of the precogs predict something different yeah it's it's a you know two of them predict one thing and one of them has a dissenting opinion yeah and and the the whole story was like oh when one of them dissents we can't allow that because it would undermine credibility in our stupid future police thing so we pretend it never happens and we hide it Ooh. yeah so but it's not that's not a big part of the movie because that's not Tom Cruises wailing his arms around yeah that's not tom cruise getting on a motorcycle yeah which by god we need so so it gets kind of slightly removed And i think that's a neat thing to think about is movies that keep a name that doesn't really apply anymore oh yeah the the implications of the minority report world are one that i'm like yeah dude you can expand that out and be like we really want to dig into how weird this is that's fair all right all right uh, were the titular flame winds of Ozeon really important enough to get top billing? Uh, and what other names could this book have had as mentioned? <laughs> no, these don't matter. No, I mean, they're mostly there to, act, to act as a single obstacle They're They they do a good job using them as backdrop material where, you know, you got Lobdoloff looking at them and, and realizing he doesn't care about them anymore because he got addicted to Lesai. You've got Bohuamutda crying when he looks at them. Uh, but that's probably just Roker Gepta breaking character a little bit. Like, there's a few characters. Bassy Vobo waxing uh, rhapsodic about how it's the only thing she gives a shit about. And she has to miss it so she can punish this miscreant. Hmm. So they're there. They're relatively important. I don't know what else I would have called it. Uh, I guess maybe the orgies of Pleasure Planet or something. Because that we really harped on that. Look, <laughs> as far as how important it was to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> flame winds did not matter. Three hundred people doing it on a lawn mattered. <laughs> Hans, Lando Calrissian and the three hundred people doing it on a lawn is, uh, is my new novel coming soon. And again, he still does not fuck. That's not what Lando. No. It's he. I mean, he flies over and is like, "Hey, I saw some weird stuff going on over there. What do you call that? What they're doing?" Huh? Yeah, I mean, because I don't know. <laughs> the thing about Flame Wind of Ozion is that these these books all have a, a style to their name. You got Mind Harp of Shirou, Flame Wind of Ozion, Star Cave of Thonboga. Crazy thing, crazy place. The thing is of the place. Now you, you got to do it at least with the Mind Harp of the Shirou. You're like. That was the MacGuffin. Yeah, that's what you're going after. That's you know your Maltese Falcon. That's whatever. That's the the impetus for what is happening. The Flame Winds of Ozion is just like, and also that's in the background. <laughs> We'd have to call it Lando Calrissian in the twenty million credits of the Coruscant banking system. Oh, <laughs> uh, or I guess you could name it after all that shit that's in his hold, Lando Calrissian and the Dinglewood fishing rods. I mean, honestly. If I was going to have a better thing that didn't go with the naming convention that they already have, it would be like uh, The Revenge of Roker Gepta. Yeah. But that's more in keeping with the movie's uh, naming conventions, which I'm not a big fan of. So, no, I think it's a perfectly fine name. I wouldn't have changed it. It's a backdrop yeah, well, the to the Well, the first setting. book I would have called Rise of Roker Gepta, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And then Roker Gepta begins <laughs> for the third one. Ah uh, yes, no. Then it would have been Age of Roker Gepta. I'm going <laughs> how with Roker the- Gepta got his groove back. Juana <laughs> <want> Gepta, <laughs> the miseducation of <laughs> Roker Gepta. Oh wait, that's an album. But still, you know what I mean. The talented Mister Gepta. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. So my name would be the Revenge of Roker Gepta. Yeah, and mine would be my dinner with Roker Gepta. <laughs> Gepta versus Gepta. <laughs> X versus Sever versus Gepta. <laughs> Ballistics. Oh, I forgot to put ballistic in Come front. on now. <laughs> Would you rather be known for if you wrote a Star Wars book, a yes, that actually happened in Star Wars once anecdote, like Roker Gepta being an actual wizard, or creating something that is firmly placed in the Star Wars canon like Sabacc. Hmm. I feel like some of those things are still getting people some money every now and then. Like, I, I don't know for sure that Timothy Zahn is raking in a little bit of cash every time someone says Thrawn. I don't think so. That's probably not how these contracts work. So maybe I actually would prefer the notoriety. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, if you're the person who decided, yes, Sabak exists, mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing to go. Oh, that very ingrained thing in this is mine. Yeah. But also, if you're like, hey, did you know in Star Wars there was a point where there was a wizard? That was me. That's also interesting. So I think either way is fine. I mean, yeah. Granted, both of those are true for El Neil Smith because Sabak was introduced in this this series. This is its first appearance, so he did create a, an ongoing, long lasting thing for Star Wars, as well as a bunch of weird. As shit, well as shaving a haircut, doing <laughs> things like making shaving a haircut and Trix Rabbit colors an official canon aspect of Star Wars. Huh? So he he got away with both. Yeah. If I had to choose one, I would want to be the person who like worked boppets into Star Wars and made them an official thing that really exists. Ah, <laughs> something like that. Oh, weird. I don't know why in this book there are Orbeez. <laughs> huh? Strange. <laughs> no, they're not weird aliens or a crazy drug or anything. They're just the fucking little water beads. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, I will be known for introducing Hostess Fruit Pies to Star Wars. They're delicious, and the only thing that can stop Darth Vader. I gotta wonder, I mean, I know we did the Marvel ones, for, but Marvel owned the Star Wars comic printing license in the time period when those Hostess Pie ads were a thing. Right? Is there one floating around out there where, like, three, C-3PO start, uh, stops a char, uh, charging Rancor by offering it a Hostess Fruit Pie? Yeah, oh, the only way we can stop this Rancor is with the delicious flavor of apple fruit filling. <laughs> oh rancor prefer this to death <laughs> yeah and then you just have one of those images where it's a rancor sitting with a giant mound of fruit pies in front of. yeah the- exactly <laughs> just just whipping them into its mouth and then in the front you've got like 3po explaining to r2 how this all went down <laughs> you see, you see? <laughs> no repto mammal can resist the alluring flavor of hostess fruit flies fruit flies <laughs> <laughs> yes hostess fruit flies <laughs> that's what i'm putting in the book <laughs> whoopsie doodles Oopsie doops. All right. Ah. <laughs> uh, on a scale of 1 to 16, how flame is your wind? <laughs> <laughs> uh uh 11. Good. I put real thought into that. Good real thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to explain it further though. Honestly, yeah. I would only say my wind is about a 4 on the flame scale. Yeah. I like that neither I of haven't went- eaten Taco Bell recently, ah, so... I like how neither of us went maximum or minimum on this one. We're right now in the middle. We're violating that internet rule of you only give one star or five. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the Clint Shanga stuff seemed cool and aesthetic, but underdeveloped in narrative. Truth. Do you think it should have been cut in favor of something else, or should something else have been cut to flesh out these weirdos tied to a big engine. I mean, the only thing with the Clinshanga stuff was supposed to be the big twist that they are after Fuffy Raw. Yes. And if you're like me and you just guessed it halfway through, they really get blunted a little bit. We're like, ah, they're just going gonna... Until... to... We're waiting for the Twilight Zone reveal that no, they're after the friendly robot. Yes. And I think if we had... If we had gone a little bit more into them, if they had been... Say, in the same way that in the first book, in the Mind Harp, Gepta existed, but that was not the antagonist. Yeah. Like, yeah. there it, were very clear other antagonists in, like, Moe's and the fucking mayor, Dick Face, whatever his yeah, shit was. The problem with all of them, Moe's in particular, they make him very, very dumb and very having a hard time talk. So that he is also just a twist, right? His whole deal being that, like, he is one of the Rafa, and that's why he seems like he's lived forever, because he has. Uh, here we have Clint Shanga not able to actually stay in his cockpit and say things like you can't have him have a conversation with one of his guys because it'll give away the game. Yes. Since these characters are just living twists, I I, uh, I feel like they need to be divorced from that twist for it for, their, for them to be an interesting story to tell. Yeah. And I would prefer if, say, you give that twist, let's say end of act one of this if we're we're taking a three act structure to it yeah have the twist show up make them the main antagonists Mm -hmm. right from the start don't worry about Gepta like fixing taxes or whatever the fuck or like making it so that you can't sell like wooden poles who (laughs) gives a shit make the actual bad guys these pilots with klin shanga end of act one we get the reveal that they're after Buffy Raw. Yeah. And then we can have a little bit more room to play around with that concept. Why that is the way it is. Yeah. We get into the background and then you could make them the actual thing in this. Well, it's kind of a, the thing is, it's a really neat story to explore where like Buffy Raw got dressed up as an organic being and forced to do this stuff because of the way droids are treated in Star Wars. His owner was like, hey, man, you have to pretend to be a living being who's offering these people gifts of great uh, welfare so that I can fuck them over royally real soon. Yeah, you and look the most like a weird alien yeah. to them because they be- they're just humans and I'm human. So I need something weird looking. And instead of bringing in an actual alien to my scheme... I have a robot and I'll just put some fake skin on you. Yeah. I love the aesthetic though. The concept of like a bunch of fighters that have no way to get around in space other than tethering themselves to an unshielded, dangerous warp reactor, super hyperdrive engine. That's cool. Oh yeah. I would love to see that like lifted and given to a squadron of people I give a shit about, you know, like make it one of the storylines of Rogue Squadron where they get stranded on a planet and someone finds an old broken down star destroyer and they have to strip one of its engines and use it to get home. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can cool.
0: even be like, OK, we're going to put a bunch of ships attached to it. But in order to do this, someone needs to turn this on from the engine, which means someone is either left behind or dead. Oh, that'd be neat. Yeah. Like someone actually has to go to the engine and turn it on. And it's a sacrifice every time. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you are attached to the engine, but it's not like you are in control of it. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, dude. I, I hadn't even thought about that. I i have probably been playing too much Mass Effect because the first thing I thought was how neat would it be if a whole civilization was going from place to place all strapped to one engine like a giant, just a flotilla of rafts. <laughs> See, whereas I was like, oh, the whole idea of them is we got absolutely fucked over by this deal. There's barely any of us left. Yeah. And this is what we could scrounge together. And I'm like, really driving home the sacrifice in order for revenge of being like, yeah, and one of the people who, like, survived, one of the few survivors of this fucking holocaust of our home worlds, had to sit there and die in order to make it so we could come after you. Oh, yeah, that, that is a great idea. I, I think that I, I like that a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Clint Shanga and his squadron get their own book just because their aesthetic is so cool. Thing is, their storyline is pretty well and truly wrapped up. And if you were to go further back in it, it would just be them going from place to place and finding out that Buffy Ra isn't there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of flashback stuff you could do as far as the, like, if you wanted to delay the reveal, Mm -hmm. being like, here's them on the path of revenge, talking about how fucked over they got, Yeah, seeing them make these horrid deals oh, with the devil neat, yeah. in order to get these bits and pieces. Because that's the thing that bothers me about the fucking, the, the Shanga crew is that they've been operating by the same met- rules of flying around in a hyperdrive engine like this for like 25 years. And I'm like, <laughs> one of you just get a fucking job. You know, like, like just, just define find another way. Become pirates and steal a ship that you can park your ships in. Do what you have to. You're desperate men. Yeah. Instead of this, like, staying in basic, unchanging stasis for, this, for that long. Yeah, you'd think they'd be like, all right, well, we've got fucking, like, a couple dozen fighters. Yeah. We could just hire out. Find someone to, you know, pirate off. And if you're like, "Uh, we're too honorable, we don't want to hurt anyone, the only person we're after is Buffy Raw, then you could be like, just steal it. Be like, here's an engine and a shitload of fighters. We're stealing your actual ship. Yeah. Sell these, get something else, whatever. We need to do our revenge, but I'll leave you alive. Yeah, so I don't know. I like the co- the character aesthetic more than I like the concept, because the concept, like we mentioned earlier, is just pure twist. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, if you took it and really ran with it, and instead of the Flame Wind of Ozeon, it was just like the Revenge of Shanga or something. Yeah. Then sure, that would be a neat book. Yeah. Uh. All right. What? Star Wars character should be added to Sesame Street as part of the exchange program that brought Big Bird to this book. Oh, what Star Wars character should be added to? Mm. Well, I, mean, I mean, obviously Yoda comes to mind because it is just he, a little muppet. Yeah, he's very obvious and belongs there. Plus, we can do. There's already been a couple of parodies. Uh, my favorite parody I've ever seen of Star Wars is Sesame Street doing one where where it's uh, Grota and it's just Grover as yoda and wow and, yeah but they're both frank oz so he's got these jokes about how he's got the voice down perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh excellent so i don't know though i i, I feel like there's a, a variety of star wars characters that i think would be kind of fun to do that with um i would like uh jury the chadra fan i think that'd be great to have have uh, that little lady wandering around in background yeah. shots great that's that that'd be a big one for me so that that'd probably be my first pick yeah just you know Learning about fruit juice. The other one I would also—this is kind of an out there se- uh, suggestion—but I think Chewbacca just add him directly to the cast. You know, he's just one of the many friendly adults you meet on Sesame Street. where like, he owns a store or something, and he's just like, "Oh, welcome to Chewbacca's Laundromat or whatever." I'm Chewbacca. Yeah, Elmo has to learn a lesson about sharing from Chewbacca. Yeah, and it's like, just oh, permanent. Mr. Chewbacca, I want a cookie, and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're right, Mr. Chewbacca. <laughs> exactly, and and also not a guest star, just a permanent resident. Yeah, Chewbacca just lives on Sesame Street, and no one ever mentions it, and no one ever says Star Wars. He's just a character now. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and replace uh, Mr. Hooper. Nah, I'm I'm gonna replace uh, Snuffy with a Rancor. <laughs> He's always gone by the time someone else gets there. And Big Bird's like, no, really, there's a Rancor. He was imaginary for like two years in the mid 70s. Yeah, but we're bringing it back. He was, he was imaginary for about as long as like Peter Parker was actually in high school in Marvel Comics. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I like that too. I like the idea of uh, him just having an imaginary rancor friend who's very friendly. And if anyone sees it, like, Jesus, fuck. Oh, Jesus. What the hell? And he's like, no, it's fine. He's real nice. No, that's, that's just Mr. Bitey. <laughs> Does he bite? No. Not me. He's bitten a bunch of green pig guys in half, <laughs> but not me. <laughs> I hope you're not a big green pig guy. <laughs> He also did eat the oinker <laughs> sisters. I, I am not going lie to you. <laughs> and I do apologize. <laughs> that time they did not find a new way to walk. <laughs> well, they would have to. <laughs> All right. Last question here. Right. Wrapping it up. Uh, it's weird to see a protagonist so uninterested in adventuring. How do you think the novel manages to pull off reader investment when the character has no interest in what's happening? Well, Well, you know, the thing about Lando is that not that he has no interest in what's happening, but that his primary interest is self-preservation. He's like a Howard the Duck type. He's trapped in a world he never made. Yeah, because I was going to say, just like you were saying there, it's not that he doesn't have an interest in what happens. He is deeply invested in what happens. It's just he doesn't want it to happen. And so he is much more like following an antagonist than a protagonist for the story here. Because... He spends the entire time being like, how can I stop these events from occurring? Yes. So he ends up actually being much more, I would say, akin to a hero in like a disaster film where you're like, oh, their whole thing is like, oh, we've got to stop this asteroid. Like, you're not trying to make something happen. You are trying to stop something that is currently happening from happening. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I don't think he's not really like a Bartleby the Scrivener type he's more like just fortune's fool lando and that's fine i think that's a, okay that's why you can stay in with him because you want to see how he's going to get out of this one not why he got into this one yeah the i think you get pulled into it because as a reader you know you generally feel more for a character that has bad luck than good luck in a story because if someone is like yeah and things always go my way you're like Bullshit. That sucks. That's not real. I don't like that. But if someone's like, and then I try to do something and get absolutely fucked over, people are like, "Yeah, that's reality, baby. <laughs> that pulls you in. It's it's why you never like Gladstone Gander. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I do kind of want to read Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate Landos, though that. <laughs> oh uh, and just it's just roker gepta we... in different costumes <laughs> fucking with him it is that that's what this is that's perfect i love that idea so much and everyone else know he knows he's like that's obviously roker gepta in a weird mustache and everyone's like no, no clearly that's bohuamata <laughs> that's count olaf <laughs> Your, your well-meaning great-uncle or whatever. I haven't read these. Yes, that's, that is what they know he is, and then he dresses up as other, other Oh, okay. Things. All right, that's fair. But they don't immediately recognize him every time he shows up. The and children do. They do. Okay, Everyone good. else is like, no, he's oh. a sea captain, and they're like, no, he very clearly isn't. <laughs> but he's not a man, he's a roker, boo. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> rokercapta uh, showing up in the... Flimsiest costumes imaginable, and Lando being like, "I know it's you, Roker. God damn it! I'm not Roker Gepta. I'm Guy Fieri. I'm here to review a restaurant. Ooh, who would like a burger? <laughs> a burger most foul. <laughs> everyone else is like, "Seems legit to me. Uh, I get it. Uh, yeah, trash can nachos. I shall go to your mind and take you to the memory of Flavor Town." <laughs> Come on, guys, please believe me. That's Roker Gepta. He's an evil wizard. No. That's the host of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. (laughs) Why, Roker Gepta would never show up and want my trash nachos. (laughs) And then at the end of every episode, the real celebrity shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey. we've we've had a lot of fun and learned some things today, folks, but uh, (laughs) come to my restaurants. (laughs) But what we've really learned is have some trash can nachos. (laughs) There you go. That's that is the takeaway. We're crying crying out loud. Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find more content from us coming up real soon right over there at the old Patreon. Uh, If you join us at the four dollar per month level, you'll unlock our bonus content, which, yes, we're going to make this month where we go on Wikipedia and we find crazy stories from the history of Star Wars and we tell them to each other and to you. After that, we're going to take a bye week, and then we'll be right back in, starting, as always, with the Star Cave of Thonboka to finish out the series. And then, by God, we'll finally move on to something other than Lando books. Hell yeah. Finally, we'll get back to just the worst garbage parts no, of Star No, it's cool. Wars. I know about three more Lando books. <laughs> no, you don't. Fine. I, know only, I only know about two more Lando books. That's right. <laughs> you got me. All right. Well, uh, otherwise, yeah, that's patreon.com slash system master. You can find us at to support us on the bonus content. We got to start harping that here more now because Twitter's falling apart. Yeah. Twitter. It sucks. You can still find me. I'm we're, at Gurgle still spasm. there. We're going to ride it to the end, but, ooh, it's broken, <laughs> and it's only going to get worse. It's dumb and getting dumber by the second. Yeah, so, you know, otherwise, please, someone help us set up a Mastodon account or whatever. We don't know what we're doing. Nah. None of none of the replacements anyone has floated actually serves the purpose that Twitter does. I know, I know. But we got to do something. Something fun. We got a Discord, and you can get there if you head on over to our Twitter. Twitter, where it's posted. Yay! <laughs> yeah, go to at System Mastery on Twitter. Get into our Discord. That way, you can actually interact with other people that like this shit. Yep, yep. It's a nice, healthy environment. There are good people there. You'll enjoy them. Indeed. Otherwise, hey, you know, I've been Elan Sleaze Bogano... And I'm introducing Elton John...